0: My Heavenly Father, I thank you. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you. Let the power of my Lord be great. Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light. From the power of Satan unto you. And Father, let us only see Jesus. Let us only see Jesus. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me to John 10. Verse 34. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? If if he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and here's what we're after. And the scripture cannot be broken. You know that scripture right there said that the men, uh, those men were gods. but Those men wouldn't believe it. They didn't believe it. Do you know when we walk with God in us, we walk like gods? Do you know we have the ability of a God in us when we walk in the spirit of God? And Jesus is saying, if he called them gods under whom the word of God came. And the scripture cannot be broken. It is can't be if you will put your faith in it if you will trust it it will come to pass it has to it has to it is the word of god now if you will go with me to first peter three and we're going to begin in verse one likewise you wives be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation, the behavior of the wives. In other words, you don't have to preach to them. It'll happen regardless if you walk in this word. While they behold your chaste, conversation coupled with fear. Whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting of the hair and of wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. Having a meek and a quiet spirit. We weren't naturally made that way. The flesh is not meek and quiet. But when we get the word of God in us, When we get the spirit of God in us. When we put our faith in these words. In this gospel. It will automatically change the heart. To a meek and quiet spirit. It doesn't happen overnight. But why? Because Jesus' spirit is meek and quiet. The more Jesus we get in us. The more meek and quiet it gets. Do you realize that Jesus was on the sea. In a boat. Asleep, And they were in a tremendous storm. A tremendous storm. To where everybody around him thought they were going to drown. They thought the ship was lost. And they woke him up. And instead of Jesus panicking, what did he say? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? That making quiet spirit stood up in the boat and rebuked the storm. When you know you got that kind of power... Things are a little easier. Isn't it? And that's where we want to go. We want to go where our faith is in this word, in this gospel. Now, turn with me to Luke 4. I'm going to begin in verse 16. We are making women meek and quiet spirits. We are making women that can walk in faith, that can walk in this gospel, that can walk in the power of God. And when you know, when you know that you have that faith for this gospel things get a lot meeker and they get a lot quieter. All right? Verse 16. And he came to Nazareth and where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. This was his custom. Everybody knew he could do it. In fact, the verse verse before, it says, he was being glorified of all. What a wonderful teacher he was. And then he gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when Jesus had opened the book, he found a place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus talking. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus is saying this. And it says, Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Why was the power of God? Why was the Spirit of God on Jesus? He tells you right here. Because I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm, I was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He was anointed. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now we know, but just this verse that God knows that there are those, are those of us that are brokenhearted, or He wouldn't have sent Jesus to fix it. So He knew His people were brokenhearted. It says, to preach deliverance to the captives. He knew his people were held captive, that they needed delivered. He knew it. That's why he sent Jesus. And it says, and to preach deliverance to the captive and recovering of sight to the blind. That's not only blind physically, but that's also blind spiritually. Both of them. He was sent, Jesus was sent to fix. To fix. Why? Because the Father knew they needed fixed. And then he set to liberty them that are bruised. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus was sent by Jehovah, by God, to set at liberty them that are bruised. You know why? Because God knew he had a people that were bruised. He had a people that were hurt. He had a people down here that were hurt. And what did he do about it? He sent Jesus to fix it. He sent Jesus to fix the bruises. He knew we had them. So he sent his only son to fix them. And it says to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. To publish. To publish the acceptable year of the Lord. What is the acceptable year of the Lord? Like I said last week. To be reconciled. God wants to reconcile us. And this is a time of reconciliation. This is what he sent Jesus for, to reconcile us back to the Father. To put back everything that we had in the garden. To put back that same relationship that God had with Adam. That's why Jesus was sent, to fix it. Because Adam messed it up. And Jesus was sent to fix it. So we could walk with God in the garden. So that we could talk with God. So that his power would be with us. So that he could take care of us. That's why Jesus was sent. Now, turn with me to John 3. This is also going to help answer the question why. Why was Jesus sent to preach the gospel? Why? Why? You know, he was sent to preach the gospel from before the world was even, even made, even created. He was sent to preach the gospel. He made the world knowing, knowing. He made the world knowing that one day he was going to come down here and be on that cross. And you know what? He did it anyway. He did it anyway. Now, verse 16, John 3. Oh, t-shirts, hats, the whole bit. But yet, we don't get it in the heart. This verse, I've read this verse a hundred times being young, and I've even shared the testimony where I told God, I don't see it, I don't feel it, and I don't know where it is. It says, but. But you know what? God heard my prayer, and he started ministering by the Spirit. By the Spirit. And that's what we're here. We are ministering here the gospel by the Spirit. The same anointing. Jesus is in me. And it's the same anointing on me that was on him to preach the gospel. The same. And we're preaching it. Verse 16. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. In our modern day English. For God loved the world so much. So much. That he gave. He gave. His only begotten Son. That is why Jesus came to preach the gospel. He gave, gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not. Notice, He gave and He sent. He gave His Son and He sent His Son. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Do you see those words? Do you know the word of God cannot be broken? Do you know the word of God cannot be broken? Do you see what that word says? For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. God does not condemn. It is written right here. But then why do I feel so condemned? It's not God condemning you. The word cannot be broken. It is not God condemning you. God does not condemn. He didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world. Why did he send Jesus? The next phrase. But that the world through Jesus might be saved. He sent Jesus. And you know what? When you look those words up, that word might isn't in the original Greek. It's not there. Not that I might be, you know, I might be and I might not be. That's the way I always told God this word might in the Bible. I don't like because I might be, and I might not be. And you know, it says God made a uh, might be rich. Well, I might be rich and I might not be rich. Which one is it? That word might is not there. That word might is not in the original text. I was a grammar teacher. Seventh grade grammar teacher. I had my kids conjugate the verbs. You know what this verb is? To be. To be. I am. You are. He is. We are. You are. They are. Not might. Not might. Might is not in there. So this verse says through, uh, that in that the world, but the world through Jesus be saved, be saved, be saved. That's why He sent Jesus to save you, to save you. He sent Jesus to save you. He knew we were a mess. He knew we couldn't walk. He knew we couldn't keep the Ten Commandments. We couldn't. He knew it. He knew we were brokenhearted. He knew we needed deliverance. He knew we were bruised. So he sent Jesus to fix it, to be saved. And that word saved right there, that word again is sozo. That word is sozo. Sozo is a beautiful word. Sozo is the same word, Greek sozo, in the Hebrew, it is shalom. Same definitions. And what does that word sozo mean? He said that we might be saved, that we are saved. That word sozo means complete. That we might be complete. You know, if you're broken hearted, you're not complete. If you are aching in your heart, you are not Complete. And when you are aching in your heart and you're looking for anything to get rid of the ache, anything. You know, I've met women that think that that man that they found is going to fix that ache. Honey, it's going to make it worse. (laughs) And I found men looking for the wife. All they need is the wife and that's going to fix that ache. Oh, Jesus, have mercy on us. It's going to make it worse. You know what the Bible says about marriage? It says there'll be trouble. There'll be trouble. Now, it says that ache, that, that, that Father sent Jesus to make us complete. Complete. I know women that thought if they had that baby, they're going to feel complete. That ache's going to be gone. No, that baby will not fill the ache. Get complete first in the gospel. And then you can handle the husbands and the babies and the houses and the careers and the wives. Then you can handle them and you will be complete no matter what they do. Amen. That's what sozo means, complete. It means soundness. That means that the body is sound. Sound in body. And you know what's the wonderful thing? Sound in mind. Sound in mind. I have a testimony, and I'll give this short one here. I was not sound in mind. Back in uh, the early 80s, I have a family that, like my father said, we, our family tree is full of nuts and fruits. And, and we had insanity in our family, and we had uh, terror and fear, and oh, we were a mess. We were a mess. And we had some that were schizophrenic, and we had some that were bipolar, and we had some, I mean, it was a mess. It was a mess. But you know what the gospel did? I, had, I went through a time where I, that spirit was telling me to commit suicide, That spirit was telling me, why don't you just end your life and fix this? Why don't you just make everybody happy and die? If you've got that thing talking to you, that is not God. That is the devil. God sent Jesus to fix you. And it doesn't matter what your family thinks about you. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. It doesn't even matter what you think about you. Jesus, the Father sent Jesus to fix you. Do you hear me? Don't listen to that spirit. Call out to Jesus and he will fix you just like he did me. One day I was in the shower and my children were playing in the bathtub and I was mentally going to lose it. And I didn't know what to do. And I said out loud, I'm going to lose it right here. Just like some of my relatives had. I had some in institutionalized. And I said, I'm going to lose it right here. And there's nobody here to take the kids. And I got out of the shower and my spirit in me, my spirit, my soul was in trouble. My flesh was in trouble, but my spirit was born again and had Jesus in it. And that Jesus in me rose up. And said, Father, how long are you going to leave the righteous forsaken? How long are you going to leave the righteous forsaken? Do you know that night I had to go speak? I didn't realize until years later. That's why the pressure was so bad. I was getting ready to speak. But the next day here at Water of Life Church in the morning service while we were worshiping. Nobody was laying hands on anybody. I was right over here, and the Spirit of God came on me. Came on me and said, I am here. I am here to deliver you from all that insanity and terror that you had in your family. And you know what? Standing right there, shaking like a leaf, it all came out. It all came out. God delivered me from insanity. Yes, he is able to deliver from insanity. Yes, he is able and willing to deliver from insanity if you will go to him. He is able. She's standing right here. And you know from that day forward, it didn't matter how bad the pressure got, I was able to stand. And I never again had the moments of terror and I never again had the moments of, of, of trying, wanting to die. Never. Amen. Now, what else does sozo mean? It means welfare. It means welfare. That means all your bills are paid. That means your, 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 your uh, physical is okay. That means that you got a job. That means you got a house over your head. That means you got clothes to wear. Sozo means Welfare welfare and i tell you what god's welfare is a lot better than what you'll get from the government a lot better all right and it says uh safety sozo means safety you know that means that i can go down to the marketplace and not be afraid that i'm a target from some crazy guy in a gun that is the gospel that is a promise in sozo do you mean that God can absolutely protect you? He can absolutely protect you. Doll has the beautiful, well, I have a beautiful story. My own father, my own father was let out of the Navy. And in 1952, I believe, he was uh, discharged from the Navy. He was in Japan. And they were going to put him on a plane. And that plane was going to take him to the Philippines and then Hawaii and then home. And he was excited to get home. And he gets on the plane. There are 50 seats on this plane. My dad, born again, gets on the plane. And an officer gets on the plane and he says, We got a guy here that has an emergency back home. And we would like one of you to, if you would, give up your seat to let this guy go home. There's an emergency. Well, nobody wanted to give up their seat, they're all going home. They're in the military. And and that officer stood there, and knowing my dad, his heart, he said, I'll give up my seat. And he walked off of that plane, and he got on a ship. And that plane took off, went to the Philippines, and then that plane headed toward uh, Hawaii, crashed into a mountain, and everybody on that plane died. God got my dad off of that plane. You know, he'll do the same thing for you. He'll do the same thing for you. Oh, I can hear you say, well, what about those poor other people? Well, let's hope they all went to heaven. But I tell you what, the first person you're responsible for is you. The first person you are responsible for is you. You get yourself saved, and then you can save everybody else. All right? And the second person you're responsible for is your children. And your wife. And your husband. That's who you're responsible for. Get them saved. Then save the world. All right? Now, it says it means health. It means health. It means health. So when you get sick, there is a remedy. There is a remedy, and it's in the gospel. And it means peace. It means peace. You know what that peace is? That peace is with God. That peace is with God. You know, I always wondered how David in the Psalms, he says there are, that everybody around me hates my guts. And he's at peace. You know when you know that you know that you know God loves you. And you know that you know that Jesus died, was buried and raised again for you personally. When you know that you know that you are in the will of God, it doesn't matter who's mad at you. It doesn't. It doesn't. It is a whole lot easier to handle all the backlash and all the tongues and all the persecution when you know that you know you're in the will of God and that God will protect you. That's what the gospel brings. That's so-so. That's why God sent Jesus to save us, to make us safe, to make us sound, to make us complete, to give us peace with God, a friend of God. If God's your friend, you don't need very many others. And it says prosperity, prosperity. It means prosperity. God took me from being, uh, I, I was a, a teacher in Ohio. When I came down here, I couldn't teach anymore. I didn't have a certificate. God showed me, walked me through pros- prosperity. That prosperity comes through the gospel. He put me in the sign business. I knew nothing about making signs, nothing. I told God, you're putting me in something, I'm clueless. Do you know what? He prospered me in the sign business. He prospered me. I watched God prosper me. He taught me. He led me. He told me what to do. I would tell customers what we could do when I had no clue what to do. I'd listen to my own mind say, well, we need to do this, 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 and this. And I'm sitting here going, I wonder if that guy knows I know nothing. It was the Spirit of God telling me what to do and he prospered me. That's so-so. That's why God sent Jesus. For you and I to be saved, to to be all these things. And you know, the the last one is contentment. Content. Content. You know, I got to where I was living in Frisco that I owed hundreds of dollars in bills. I got to where things looked bad. I got to where the roof wasn't being fixed and we didn't have a fence and my grass was not watered enough i grew to be content and once i was content all those things got taken care of i watched god miracle after miracle put a roof on my house put a deck on my house paint my house, exterior and interior, put landscaping around my house, put a sprinkler system in my house, put, um, I I can't even think about, and he did it all without any money. Without any money. I watched him do it all. Why? Sozo. Sozo. Because I had a father that loved his daughter and wanted her to have completeness and that included the house that included the house i watched him in amazement do all those things and you know what you say well it's because you were in the sign business no it's because of the gospel he will do it for anyone who will walk in that gospel anyone you have a need he will fix it he is a dad he is a father And we are his children. And when you are a father, you want to help your children. You want to help them. Well, he's no different. He is love. That's why he sent Jesus. And we're going to see where all these things come from. Go with me with Isaiah 52. We're going to finish up here. We are going to, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to see where all these things, all these things are worked out in the gospel. Every single problem that you have, every single problem, no matter what it is, the answer is in the gospel. The answer to every problem you will ever have is in the gospel. It is in the gospel. God sent Jesus to fix it god sent jesus to save us and now we see that saved means everything we need including being content including having peace with god it was all all done all done already done in the gospel already done in the gospel do you know that it's already done in the gospel Do you know that you didn't ask for it? Do you know that you don't deserve it? We certainly don't deserve it. We don't deserve prosperity. We don't deserve healing. We don't deserve every curse broken. But he did it anyway. He did it anyway. And he already did it. He already did it. It is already done. Already done. And he did it in the gospel. He did it in the death, burial, and resurrection of the gospel. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15. I want to make us sure on this meeting we know what that gospel is. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. The fixes, all this stuff. Sozo. It says, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. we got to stand in it. By which also you are saved. Same word, sozo. By which also you are held in safety. By which also you have welfare. By which also you have prosperity. By which also you have health. By which also you have peace with God. Love that word, sozo. It says that um, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. That's the first thing Paul received was the gospel. He said that how that Jesus, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that's Isaiah 52, 53, and all over the Old Testament. We'll have to get to that next week. It says um, uh, uh, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's where He paid for. That's where Jesus bought your sozo. That's where Jesus bought your safety. That's where Jesus bought your prosperity. That's where Jesus bought your forgiveness of all your sins. That's where Jesus bought your redemption. That's where Jesus bought that you're delivered from the power of the devil. That's where Jesus bought where God can work in the depths of your heart, and fix Those things that cause you to act like you do. That's where they were bought. That's where they were paid for. Now, how do they come to pass? It is in Ephesians 2 verse 8. How does all this wonderful stuff come to pass? Hebrews 2 verse 8. We're going to finish here. For by grace. By grace. You didn't ask for it. You didn't even want it. But God did it anyway. God sent Jesus anyway. God sent Jesus to deliver you anyway. God sent Jesus to make you prosperous anyway. God sent Jesus to forgive you anyway. God sent Jesus to keep you safe anyway. Anyway, that's grace. That's grace. And it says, you are saved through, oh, by grace, you are saved. Same word, Zozo. Same word. You are forgiven. You are made complete. You are held at safety. You have welfare. You have peace with God. You have prosperity. You have deliverance. That all came by grace. You didn't ask for it. You didn't deserve it, but he did it anyway. That's grace. And it says through faith. Through faith. Through faith, and you say, oh, that's where we're going to fail. No, it's not. No, it's not. Read the next phrase. Through faith, and that faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Do you know that the love of God loved you so much and knew we were such a mess that he gave you the faith anyway? He gave you the faith to bring all these things into your life he gave you the faith the moment you were born again you received all you received the faith jesus is the author of your faith and when jesus comes into your heart that faith that faith comes in with him and that faith that faith jesus is the author and finisher isn't that wonderful It is not a requirement by you. Jesus is the author of your faith. Jesus is the one that started it. And it says, and he is the finisher. Do you see who brings that faith through you? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. You are not on your own. He will direct you into the faith. He will bring you into that faith. That's how much he loves us. He even knew that we'd screw it up with the faith. So Jesus became the author and the finisher of our faith. What is our only requirement? Stick with him. Stick with him. Believe him. Believe him. Trust him. Another word for faith is trust. Trust him. Hold on to him. Hang on to that word. That word is Jesus. Jesus is the word. When we trust, when we believe, when we hang on to the word of God, to Jesus, he will bring us into where we need to get to. I tell you what, he brought this girl from someone that came from a family that was in poverty and he made her very blessed. And he brought this young girl from a family that was a mess in the head and made her sound. Made her sound. That is the power of the gospel and it is available to anyone and everyone for God so loved you. For God so loved you. If you're in the world, it's you. God so loved you that he sent, he sent and gave his only son that you be saved, that you be fixed, that the start that you need to be born again. Back to John 3, it says, Jesus said you must be born again. That's Jesus talking. That is not a church doctrine talking. That is Jesus talking. It is not what church you go to. It's the words of Jesus. Jesus said you must be born again. Well, I'm Catholic. You can still be born again. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Well, I'm a seven-day Adventist. It's Jesus. Jesus said you must be born again. Doesn't matter what denomination you are. Jesus said you must be born again. Let's listen to the words of Jesus. Let's get born again. Well, how do I get born again? It is simple. Jesus made it so simple. In Romans 10, he said, open your mouth. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. Ask him to take over your life. Be Lord of your life. It says, when you ask him, those that call on the name of Jesus, somebody saying, will you pray for me? Will you show me how? Yes, I will. Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Take over. I believe that God sent you to save me. And because I believe that, and I want you to come into my heart, it is written, I will be saved. Amen.